Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Eco Insomniacs. We're three people too focused on saving the planet to have time to sleep. All of us are involved with different environmental organizations, and we'll be doing this podcast monthly to discuss various environmental issues. There's Gary Mitchell, the founder and director of Planet Rehab. Diana Brandt is the founder and director of Transition to Green. And there's me, Aaron Zober, an organizer of Los Angeles Green Drinks and host of this show. I've been involved with Los Angeles Green Drinks for almost a decade now. We have informal meetings once a month where people can relax, sit back, discuss all shades of green over their alcoholic beverage of choice. Our location varies from month to month, covering all different regions of Los Angeles and meeting at different types of places, including restaurants, bars, distilleries, shops, and even eco-friendly houses. Anybody's able to attend, whether you live, breathe, being green with your day job, or you just want to learn how to be more environmentally conscious. Today's topic is eco-Halloween. We'll all be discussing what ways we'd like to make Halloween more sustainable. For me, one of my biggest passions in the green world is eating better food, and Halloween is known for one of the worst foods, both for the planet and for our health. I'm talking about sugary, genetically modified candy. And the interesting thing is candy on Halloween is a relatively new tradition. Halloween actually started in Ireland over 2,000 years ago, but traditional Irish foods for Halloween didn't include sugar. After the potato was introduced to Ireland, the common foods were colcannon, which was potatoes, cabbage, butter, and milk, champ, which was potatoes, green onions, butter, and milk, and boxty, which was basically potato pancakes. Now, over here in the United States, we can credit our country as giving rise to candy. While honey can be traced back all the way to the ancient times, and then during the Middle Ages, only the rich could afford candy made from sugar, mass-produced candy is traced right here in the U.S. during the Industrial Revolution of the 1880s. In 1907, a visitor came to our country and called us the great candy-eating nation. But then even trick-or-treating is relatively new. Kids didn't start going door-to-door for treats until about the late 1930s, early 1940s, and back then, they received candy, but they were just as likely to receive coins, nuts, fruit, cookies, cakes, and toys. Then, during the post-war housing boom of the 1950s, the number of trick-or-treaters rose. Candy was affordable, and the manufacturers took advantage of this through marketing and offering those small bags of candy. Then, in the 1970s, People became afraid of homemade sweets and processed candy, became the only snack people were handing out. So that brings us to where we are today. 158 million Americans celebrate Halloween, and 95% of those Americans celebrating it consume candy. This makes candy a $2.08 billion industry for the holiday every year. And some of these ingredients that you find in candy, they include glyphosate, sugar from GMO beets, high fructose corn syrup, dextrose, soybean oil, soy lecithin, artificial flavors, food coloring, growth hormones, paraffin wax, and other GMOs and unnatural items. To me, that's what's truly scary about Halloween. But don't be afraid, I've got some alternatives. The best option is always making your own candy. In substitution of sugar, Natural sweeteners are great. These include honey, maple syrup, coconut sugar, stevia, molasses, or dehydrated cane juice. You can also use natural food colorings that you make yourself with real food 
or you can buy some natural coloring dyes. A couple of great ones just entered the market that I discovered recently. One's called Color Kitchen, and the other one's called Color Garden. But I get it. I understand making candy isn't an option for many. It might be due to trick-or-treaters being afraid of homemade candy, or you might just not have the time and energy to make your own. And fortunately, there are now many eco-friendly candies that they sell out there. And what's even more impressive is I'm seeing a number of ones that don't that only use natural sweeteners, no sugar of, of any type. These are natural sweeteners I talked before, like the coconut sugar or the stevia, the honey. Um, so the ones I recommend, I like Heavenly Organics, Who Chocolate, Eating Evolved, and Smart Sweets. And none of those products use even cane sugar. But cane sugar is still better than any kind of genetically modified sugar, such as the table sugar from beets or the high fructose corn syrup. And you got some good candies with cane sugar too, such as Theo Chocolate, Alter Eco, Wholesome Sweeteners, Ocho Candy, Justin's Nut Butter, and Yum Yum Candy. So those are my Halloween eco tips. So now let's go and meet Gary Mitchell and hear all about Planet Rehab. What's up, Aaron? Great to have you here. I'm glad we're doing this show. I think, you know, this show, I appreciate listeners coming out in our first one because I know that's always the big thing is getting people to listen. So for all of you listening here, you know, uh, thank you for being what's part of a big thing and, you know, much more of this to come. Uh, this, this is just the beginning. Just, we've only just begun. So, hey, guys, uh, thank you for being here and listening to us talk about some of our ideas. Planet Rehab is an organization that I started um, 16 years ago, and the goal was to raise awareness to the state of the environment. I would like to say that things have gotten better since then. Unfortunately, we are at a crisis point in our planetary journey right now. According to the United Nations Environmental Program report, we are causing the sixth mass extinction, which their studies uh, conclude 150 to 200 species are going extinct every day. I don't know about you, but that's even scarier than the scary things that Aaron was telling us about the scary things. Yeah, candy. you've kind of taught me there. It's pretty, pretty, <laughs> pretty freaking scary. I happen to be anyone that knows me, knows that I um, kind of my hierarchy is usually animals first and then maybe nature and then some people are okay, but I love animals. I love nature. And so for me personally, it breaks my heart to see the conditions that we're causing um, that's creating such horrific uh, results. So what we try to do at Planet Rehab is look at things that we can do to change the outcome. One of the things that we have noticed is, uh, for instance, the Amazon rainforest, the, according to a, an expose that was done by Greenpeace International, 85% of the 56 million acres of Amazon rainforest destroyed every year is to grow crops for the cattle industry. So one of the things that Planet Rehab does every year, this was our sixth year in August, is we host an international food festival where we're able to provide uh, plant-based foods from countries all over the world to help people understand how they can be healthy, happy, eating delicious food that is better for the planet, and nobody has to die. 
Now we are moving into a new exciting realm right now. We just got home uh, Thursday night, late Thursday night from Panama. And we are, yes, I'm excited. And we are doing more than just talking about the species crisis. We, uh, our first exploratory trip in Panama was so that we could learn about um, different locations. Our plan is to acquire and protect rainforest and start breeding some of the species at risk of extinction so that we can start shoring up vulnerable species. So you can learn more about Planet Rehab at planetrehab.org. And we are excited to be here, and especially with Diana and with Karen. Obviously, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. The only way that we can really protect what's left is for us to all come together. And so I'm very touched and proud to be with these two organizations today and hopefully lend something that will help you to have a little bit greener of a Halloween. Yes, and also I'd like to say that although this is the first time the three of us are doing the podcasts, a lot of these organizations do work together. We've often done events together, and these are two people that I've known for a good amount of time. We've supported each other's events, and really all of these organizations, they have slightly different angles, but essentially it's a pretty similar common theme in it. And There's some overlap. Right, so there's often events together, and as one environmental organization member to another we like to come out to each other's events yeah. yes we're and not coming out <laughs> we will come out to each other's events yeah. although i came out a long time ago but that's okay i came out as an atheist and <laughs> each organization not just ours has something unique about that group to, to offer something that's very special in my opinion so right. i agree <laughs> yeah. i agree miss diana right. i agree so yes. who are you? Well, hello everybody. I'm Diana Brandt, and I'm the founder and director of Transition to Green Community. Uh, we started in the summer of 2008, and it's considered a grassroots local organization, it's a 501c3. And our main mission is public educational outreach through our forums. And the forums are held uh, like a party. Everybody gets to, yeah. Party, party hats, everything, it's a, it's right? Party. It's, party on Wayne. They're yeah. recyclable party hats, okay? Exactly. It runs exactly two hours. Everyone gets to um, have a dialogue. We kick it off with two uh, guest speakers that complement each other. For instance, we might have uh, someone who's a car engineer of the future and then complemented by a car designer. Uh, and then they open it up for discussion, and everyone at these forums has an opportunity to speak. We keep the party number actually between 30 to 50 people, so people will feel comfortable. Uh, the other thing is that everyone uh, has the opportunity to walk away with some eco-information and some gifts. <gasps> gifts. Yeah. So you can find us on Meetup. It's uh, Transition to Green through Meetup. That's where we have all of our calendar uh, activities. We also do workshops. We have outside um, activities as well. We're focused on uh, lifestyle, basically getting people onboarded for a better life. So uh, trying new things, get, get, 
getting people the exposure to different types of foods and uh, hiking and doing yoga. So it's all there. Right, and you talked about you give different lessons at these events, and also that's what we're doing on this show. So yes. how about your little lessons or tips, as we may call them, for Halloween? Oh, lead right into that. All right. So the thing I would like to talk about is the fact that Halloween, just like a lot of our holidays, has a lot of decorations, and especially with Halloween, costumes and the masks that are made out of plastic products and rubber. But the thing I want to focus on is the plastic. Uh, we don't really have a problem with plastic as long as we're reusing it. And plastic, the industry itself, is rather insidious in the sense that we have a lot of plastic in our lives. Even if you think you don't have plastic, you do. And an example of that is, for instance, if you wear glasses, for our glasses to be lightweight, they're plastic. The plastic, uh, the frames are plastic. The, they're no longer glass, which used to be really heavy. They're plastic. So it's not just about the consumer um, uh, throwaway society mentality. It's the food products that we're dealing with, straws and bottles uh, and other things that get into the trash uh, cups and stuff like that. We will also want to think about these other kind of odd things, like if your glasses break or the lenses become corroded, how do we dispose of that properly? Or for instance, like a thermometer that's plastic, how do we dispose of that when it's got mercury in it? Uh, a lot of that isn't really out there on how to dispose of it, and a lot of people will play ignorant, sometimes just because they don't want to find out because they don't want to take those extra steps to properly get rid of it. I think a lot of us don't even think about it. So you, yeah. bring, you bring up points that I'm thinking, oh shoot, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so the thing with the plastic industry, I just want to read this one thing. The Plastic Industry Association represents a 404 billion U.S. Uh, plastic industries, and it's uh, 965,000 workers. The manufacturing in the U.S. is uh, 2.25 trillion, thus the U.S. plastic industry is about 18% the size of the all-American manufacturing. So that, that's a huge number. So we really have to think, how do we keep this stuff from ending up in our waterways, in our landfills? And that includes the ocean. So the thing about masks, it's okay, you know, it's a fun holiday, but the plastic masks, you want to either uh, donate that to somebody if you're tired of it, to keep it in cycle or put it back, store it somewhere for a later time when you might be into it again, but don't throw it away um, or donate it again like to a thrift shop or something. The other thing is uh, a lot of people don't realize this, but human cultural stuff, folkloric uh, traditions is to make masks and make them out of materials like plaster, feathers, different kinds of um, materials ma that, you well, know. Well, they had wood as well, mm -hmm. metal. Renewable materials. Yes. And I, I think it's paper mache is what I was trying to think of. These are things that you can do easily at home. And face painting also is pretty popular, non-toxic paints. And this is stuff that um, is going to biodegrade if you do throw it, if it does end up in the landfill. So think about that. 
We've covered this a couple times at Green Drinks. A few years ago, we had a thing called Trasher's Ball, where instead of throwing this out, you'd make a costume of it. We had one person that came as a Pacific Garbage Patch, a little take on the uh, the Cabbage Patch Garbage Pail Kids. Uh, so that was the idea. For those and, of you that may not know, the Great Pacific Garbage Patch is an area that, depending on the study you look at, is three times the size of France to one and a half times the size of the continental United States, filled with plastic, oh halfway between California and Hawaii. So that's what Aaron is referencing. Yeah. Right. And at Green Drinks that we're doing this month, we're actually doing a thing called a clothing swap. So I think going around with that, or actually it's a costume swap. The idea is you fine. may not have want to wear this witch costume anymore, but give it to someone else. They may want it. And I think that's another way to get the stuff to avoid going into the trash. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's fun. Those parties are a lot of fun. Fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah great times. So that's Diana's tips for Halloween. So now let's get into Gary. What do you have to say about Halloween and this holiday? Oh, okay. I thought we were just going to talk about me. <laughs> I, guess, I guess we can talk well, about it, Halloween. Well, it's your time. I mean, oh, uh, my gosh, you know. <laughs> I was born. I've never liked Okay. So Halloween is one of our most favorite holidays at my mm -hmm. home and Planet Rehab. But as we have discovered from Aaron and from Diana, it's not very green. From the flimsy one-time use of costumes to unsustainable candies that are wrapped in layers of unrecyclable wrappings, Halloween has become somewhat of a nightmare but I'm bump, for the environment and expensive. In 2000, uh, 2016, Americans shelled out more than $8.4 billion for Halloween festivities. Wow. So how can you make your experience more environmentally friendly and maybe cheaper? Okay. How can you? And Glad you asked. Here are some <laughs> ideas. Along with what uh, both Diana and Aaron were talking about with respect to costumes, the biggest, the biggest carbon footprint of Halloween comes from the zillions of one-time use flimsy costumes. So instead of getting a new disposable costume at the big box store, well, why not do what they were just talking about? Have a costume swap. You can get a bunch of friends or family together um, or you can even, whatever organizations, as Aaron mentioned, or if you happen to go to a church or maybe your school, you can have an official costume swap and really come up with some great ideas. Uh, or you can do like what we do at my house and we just keep our costumes and we recycle them ourselves. Yeah. Because it's always great. You always have someone showing up that doesn't have a costume. And we have an entire closet filled because we're a little weird like that. Well, and it's someone like for me who, I don't know, for some reason I've never really been that big on dressing up. But it's what? kind of like, if, if I'm Wait, at a party and give me a costume, okay, I won't so turn got, it down. So. We, got, we got you taken care of, boy. We got, we got you. We got you. I'm a lot, a lot like Gary that way. I have a big costume closet. Yeah, we're, we're going to go and we're going to, we're going to dress in feather boas, Diana. You and I are going to go to our feather, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like but we're not going to dress us, we're going to dress Aaron. It'll be really fun. Once you guys see a picture of Aaron, it'll make sense. Um, he doesn't really look the feather boa type, which is probably good. Probably good. So getting creative. You can also find items around your home that maybe you were going to throw away or that you had never even thought that they could become a costume. I, I mean, really... Your imagination is the limit. The goal is to remember to reduce, reuse, and recycle. Yeah. And I really think it should be reuse first. Reuse, reduce, 
uh, before recycling, right? Yeah. Um, you can also go to thrift stores. That is going to be way, way, way better than buying a new costume every year. So at our home, we have a huge Halloween party every year. And so, of course, we have to decorate. If anybody knows me, they know that that is where my zen comes out in having to decorate for every little thing. We're decorating because it's Tuesday. Just kidding. But, um, <laughs> but you can be creative with your decor. Instead of, you know, obviously you go to any of the big box stores from July through October 31st. You're going to be inundated with a vast assortment of cheap de decorations. But instead of jumping on that bad bandwagon, Maybe opt for your own scary decor that you can use every year. Yeah. One of the things that we've done at Planet Rehab, and if you'd like to go to our blog, which you can find at planetrehab.org, you can see our latest entry. You can also see an image of one of the sets that we created. I am in love with the Haunted Mansion when they put all of the Nightmare Before Christmas decorations into it. And so we've just tried to figure out how to do that. And we, we did. We created it using recyclable materials. So you can learn more about that on our blog. Right. Please go to the blog because I know that this is a podcast and no photos. So it doesn't always translate to radio. But uh, we have this all this interactive media where you can see the other stuff. Absolutely. And... As Aaron and Diana were talking about with the candies, and, and Aaron made some really good points, it's, it's a good idea if you put together maybe a progressive, um, a progressive trick-or-treat type of situation for your kids so you know where they're going, but that way the people that are part of it can be part of making their own treats. And on our blog, there are some um, links to recipes and you can even make them vegan if you want to go one step farther so those are my tips excellent i like what you said i think it incorporates both of diana and i's areas that we cover and something that actually i noticed in common with all of ours i think really is it talks about the whole consumerism that's been that halloween has become because i think we all know christmas i mean that's like now cliche to just think about how that's such a commercial holiday and it's a thing for all of the companies just to make big money on their products, the Black Friday, last minute shopping, all of that stuff. But Halloween, I think, has fallen close behind. In fact, I've actually heard Halloween decorations, like you talked about, have actually become more popular than Christmas decorations because I think, you know, if you think of it, more people do celebrate Halloween, although it has religious origins. It's non religious really still as opposed to Christmas. So they've really just made Halloween such a holiday that encourages consumerism, whether it's buying these expensive costumes or the candy or all this money that you spend on the decorations for your house. What are your thoughts on Halloween and the consumerism and the marketing, the big corporations, the way they all are involved Take with it? Take it back. <laughs> Take it back. Do your own thing. Yeah. What I was going to say is that some people think that the eco and the green uh, environmental movement is all humbug. We are serious partners. And it's so opposite. We love decorating. We love Halloween. And 
all the other holidays that follow up. But Halloween does happen to be one of my favorites because it's so creative. It's kind of you're, you're doing a transformative thing with the costume, and that's a lot of fun. But in terms of the decorations, I got something of a comment on one of my uh, Facebook posts for Transition to Green where a woman said something about balloons, like, oh, I saw balloons at that party. That's not good. Well, balloons are okay. The big problem with balloons is releasing balloons. Mm -hmm. We don't want to release balloons. Uh, and we want to Choking be very, hazards for wildlife. Yeah, we want to be very conscientious in how we dispose of balloons. And hopefully we'll come up with better materials for a balloon-type experience. I agree. Imagination has no limits. Never say we can't have anything because of its problems. There's always a way you can do it greener. Exactly. And I have to touch on one of, of Diana's points when she was talking about using makeup. If you go to my Facebook page, which is Gary Curtis Mitchell, and you look under the photos, look under some of our Halloween albums, you will think that, uh, for instance, especially mine, that I'm wearing masks. I never wear a mask. All of those are created through makeup. Yeah. And you can do amazing things with makeup. Every year I have people like wanting to know where I bought this. You can do it yourself. YouTube. That's all you need to do. YouTube and a bunch of colors. I personally love to play with paper mache. And I hold a paper mache workshop. And... You basically create a, a form off of your own face, and then you paint that, and then you can put whatever you want on it, beads, feathers. And it would be a lot more comfortable because the rubber slash plastic mask, if you've ever worn one for more than 30 seconds, mm -hmm. you're sweating and you're breathing mm -hmm. funny. So, sure. yeah, paper mache. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And another thing I wanted to get into, I think we were sort of touching on this, and I think this is a little... Side problem that sometimes the environmental world can make is you sell these products that are environmentally friendly, but if you keep buying all these products, then really how environmentally is it? How environmentally friendly are you if every year you buy the new hybrid or electric that comes out? So right. this is kind of a little issue that needs to get addressed. Sometimes when you head in the right direction, you veer off a little, and I think that what we're saying kind of goes into that area. Thoughts. And you'll be happy to know, Aaron, I've never been rich enough to always buy a new hybrid. So. <laughs> Me either. I, I, I think we're all in that situation. I mean, so, not, you know, Recycle them? I don't know. You know. If somebody wants to recycle their hybrid for any of us, we're okay with that, you know, in the spirit of recycling. Right? Exactly. I wanted to um, put a plug out, not just for Planet Rehab, but for all these organizations. Aaron mentioned Black Friday. Coming up on Thanksgiving, we have Black Friday, we have Small Business Saturday, we have Cyber Monday. People are just now starting to realize that there's also Giving Tuesday. Yeah. And this is an opportunity for you to give to your favorite charity organizations. Exactly. So please do look and see. Um, I'm sure that all of us uh, have our giving campaigns that mm -hmm. we're that we're getting ready to launch. But it's really important, whether we're talking about Halloween or, or whatever, how we can give back, how all of us can give back, because that's what we need. Everybody needs to come together. That's all for this month of Eco Insomniacs. Maybe we'll get some rest, but probably not, because as we've probably discussed, not. there's a lot more to do. So yeah. thank you for everybody that tuned in to our first episode, and we'll be back next month.